Ag State of Mind, episode 157. This episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast is brought to you by Mystic Lubricants. For a look at their full range of top quality products, visit mysticlubes.com. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows. And first off, apologies for not getting this podcast out as soon as I normally do. Uh, I am getting this, releasing this on Thursday morning. I normally release on Monday mornings, uh, but life has gotten really crazy for me lately. I know I say that a lot. It just seems like it's even been more compounded this last couple of weeks, months. Um, the podcast has kind of slipped down on my priority list. Uh, not that it isn't important to me. It's absolutely important to me. But there are things that are taking precedent. Uh, I This weekend, I spent a lot of time deer hunting with my son, Carter. It's... Uh, youth deer season um, and we've been also working around the farm getting things ready uh, for winter just trying to shore things up a little bit here so uh, apologies for not getting this out sooner I appreciate all the patience that you all have with me whenever life gets in the way of this podcast so um, but today is, is a really awesome episode with two Ladies that I admire so much, Natalie Kubarik and Tara Vanderdussen. Um, you know Tara as the New Mexico milkmaid on social media. And they actually reached out to me and wanted to talk about their course that they have, Elevate Ag. Uh, it's just a really incredible resource for people who are trying to have a presence on social media, build a business on social media around agriculture. It's a very just really cool thing that they're doing because there's no real handbook as to how to start a social media business around agriculture. And there's a lot of challenges. Each of these ladies have faced those challenges and they want to give back and, and do something to help others like them who are wanting to uh, share the story of agriculture because it's really important to do. It's really important to share the story of agriculture online because uh, that is where the world is going. They, people are reaching out and looking online to find out about agriculture. And if people who are in the know are not there to 
share their story, then somebody else is going to tell the story. So it's really important that we do this in a way that is helpful and a way that is going to be a positive light on, on agriculture. So these ladies are doing that and I'm, I'm really happy they reached out to me and I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this conversation with uh, myself, Natalie and Tara. All right, Natalie and Tara, welcome to the Ag State of Mind podcast. I appreciate you guys reaching out and wanting to be on the podcast. Uh, it, it truly is an honor to speak to you both uh, at the same time because I find a lot of inspiration in what you do. Well, thank you so much for having us on. I'm, I know I've been on before, Tara here, um, but I'm excited to be back on with Natalie. Yeah, I am first timer. So thank you so much for having us on, Jason. Yeah, I, I know I reached out to you one time, Natalie, but you were almost ready. I think you were about eight months pregnant and you weren't uh, you weren't going to commit to anything at that time, which I think that ended up being about two years ago. So because uh, that's how it goes. So don't um, give me PTSD flashbacks to my pregnancy. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have both of you have done an incredible job of telling the story of agriculture online. And it's such an important story to tell, as you can see. I mean, there are so many, so much misinformation out there about the world of agriculture. And uh, it, we got, we kind of got behind it, uh, behind the other side of it for so long. Um, there was just so much negativity out there and people who knew how to put it out there. And we just, for so long, didn't know what to do. So like you were, you were saying before we started recording, um, you wanted to kind of take what you have learned and put it out there and maybe um, accelerate the next kind of batch of people who are wanting to go out and put that, uh, put their stories out there. And you created a course. And I think that's an incredible thing to do because like you say, there was no, there's no, guideline on how to do this the best way. And you just, it was really a trial and error. So uh, I, I, I appreciate that you all are doing that and um, look forward to talking to you about it and you know what it's about wow. and uh, where, where it can take people. Yeah. You know, I think for both of us, we had both been to lots of conferences, meetings where people said, tell your story to all the farmers, ranchers, producers in the room and didn't give a lot of guidelines beyond that. Like and then I feel like a lot of co-ops or, or, you know, your checkoff, different training program, but, and as valuable as those are, no one was sharing about it from the producer, farmer, rancher standpoint. And that was what we really felt was, was like, it, it is very different when you're the person out on your farmer ranch, recording the content, trying to get it online, trying to do your real job. And so we wanted to create a program uh, that basically a course that could take people through kind of all the ins and outs of everything we've learned and uh, also take it to the next step. How do you actually like monetize this? How do you make money? How do you grow on social? Um, and so that was really like kind of the why behind our course, Elevate Ag. Yeah, I mean, incredible. It's an incredible resource. And Natalie, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I'm, I'm not no. very used to having more than one person on. So you'll... <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm so new at this podcasting thing. I'm trying to get the hang of it. 
Well, that's actually what I was going to say is, um, you could attest to, especially in the podcasting space. I feel like when you start something, um, early on, it's a little bit of the wild west out there. Like there aren't a lot of resources. Like if you sat down and at least when we started sharing and said like, you know, how to be an ag influencer, how to share your ag story online, there isn't really good firsthand experience for that. And I think that's what Tara and I really wanted to do was, you know, create that community really that producers, farmers, ranchers, you know, anyone who's really passionate about the ag industry, um, could have more of someone kind of holding their hand that has gone through it firsthand. I mean, Tara and I have been sharing online Tara for six years, me for four. Um, you know, so we've learned some things along the way we've learned the tricks to kind of, you know, excel you in a positive direction and, you know, the negative things to kind of share that you're like, avoid that, that we learned that lesson the hard way. So we really just wanted to provide something that wasn't there for us when we started. Yeah. And, and again, and I think it's a really cool opportunity for y'all to, to give back too, because I mean, there's, I mean, you know what the pain probably was not probably was, you know, what the pain was like for you and what somebody else is probably going through uh, in an effort to share their story. And I mean, I think you would love to see it not happen to somebody else. Yeah. I think the added layer to this kind of maybe is that we're sharing about something we're also passionate about. So I do think it adds in like this extra layer. It's not like we're, you know, traditional influencers where we're like piloting a vacuum or something like we're sharing our livelihood. We're sharing something that you know, has been possibly in our family for generations, you know, possibly maybe something we just started that we've been, you know, blood, sweat and tears pouring into, you know, to turn it into something we can pass on to generations. And so I do think that's an added layer to sharing agriculture online that maybe some other industries don't have is just that there is such this emotional connection to it for people. Yeah, that's an incredible point. Yeah. And that's, I've never really even considered that. I think the the emotional, I mean, we all know the emotional toll it can take on us too. When we're sharing like something that we are so near and dear to, you want to get it right. You want to like, make sure you, you know, advocate in the right way that you get your story out the right way. And so being able to just kind of create that community um, beyond just us, like we have a Facebook group with our course as well, where farmers, ranchers, producers, you know, Natalie said, just if you're an ag enthusiast um, can kind of share like, And a lot of times it goes beyond like social media or social sharing. They're having conversations about like, what are you, you know, how are you doing direct to consumer beef sales? How are you doing this? And then it's the relationships that have formed and the information that is being like passed along. Um, It's just so much at this point beyond Natalie and I, and just our information. It's the entire community that we really are trying to create and form there. Yeah, community is a big thing, I think. Um, anytime anybody is struggling through something, I mean, I think it's natural to feel secluded and alone. Um, but when you have a community that could, to kind of prop you up and run things by and um, you know, just get different ideas, it makes, makes things a whole lot easier to bear. Especially with something like this, because I don't know about you, Jason, but I feel like my parents are like, wait, what do you actually, what do you do? Like, what does sharing online mean? And so I do think that there's for everyone in agriculture who wants to have that online presence again, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, podcasting, you know, a blog, like whatever that format looks like, I do think there's still this, like a little bit of barrier where people are like, what? is this thing you're doing. And so when you have, I mean, Tara and I talk about this 
all the time. That's actually how Tara and I found each other as we connected years ago when we felt like there weren't a lot of women in agriculture sharing. And so it was like, Hey, will you be my friend? Because you're doing this weird, same thing that I'm doing. Um, and it just helps, you know, my husband bless his heart. He doesn't always understand what it means to, you know, have a real go viral or have the problems that you can encounter online. Um, I remember Sandy Brock, we actually interviewed her in our course. She talks about how like no one got how important it was when she got her silver med- like plaque from YouTube, but her YouTube community and other people sharing online. So there are these things that are just, you don't understand until you're, you know, sharing online. And so finding those allies, um, like Tara said, our Facebook community goes so far in that because it's other people who get what you want to do. Um, and can help you essentially, you know, along yeah, the I, and like the reverse side of that, I remember the first time I had like a really, really bad animal activist attack and it was horrible. Like they were trying to figure out where I worked. They were contacting my boss. Like it was a really bad one. And I had to go to like a family birthday party that night. And I literally was like on the verge of tears pretty much the entire night. And nobody knew, like literally it was all behind the scenes. And the people that were really like there for me and really understood were people I met online. Like, uh, in our course, we interview with like Marissa, uh, Hake, Dr. Hake. And like, just, she was a huge ally for me. She helped me like block and delete people for like hours on end. And like, that wasn't something like anyone in my like quote unquote real life understood or really like could even like relate to, like, I mean, I said it to them, like, they, you know, like, Oh, I'm, I'm having kind of a bad day at work. I'm having an animal activist attack, but that doesn't like mean it just doesn't resonate in the same way as someone who's also sharing and just like knows what it's like to like go through that. Yeah. I mean, because like you say, a lot of that is behind the scenes. Like a lot of people don't even realize it's probably happening to your page. Um, and if it is, it's a very select few. Uh, so it's a, that's a very hard thing to, like you say, thankfully that's never really happened to me. I'm very happy. I'm, I'm sure it'll probably will one time, but uh, it hasn't yet, yeah. thankfully. Um, but it's, I mean, that's gotta be something and you can just imagine what it's like mentally for somebody whenever somebody says one negative thing to you. Right. I mean, a lot of people, it just like brings them down for the whole day. Imagine that multiplied by how many ever times, you know, just these constant onslaught of just negative things coming your way. And I mean, you know, that you're doing a right thing or doing a good thing. Um, but it still doesn't matter because you just, we're so, we, we just, we're not equipped to just handle that just onslaught of negativity. And, uh, and it's really important to be able to have resources on how to deal with that. Yeah. So a big part of one of the modules in our course is advocacy. And we get like, one of the things I think when I had my first activist attack, I really didn't know what I was supposed to do. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to block and delete? Am I supposed to like respond to every comment? And so in our advocacy uh, module, we go into like, here's some options. Like it's not a one size fits all. You have to figure out what, you know, works for you. You can set different parameters and boundaries on Instagram and Facebook that will like automatically hide comments, automatically block people. And we like walk through all of that. And that just those little every single time you go through something, you learn something new. And uh, it was like, how do I? I want to share this with more people so that they know and that they can do the same thing and not lay awake at night nervous about like what the negativity online is like. And just to clarify, 
It's not all negativity out there. So for anyone who's right, listening. Right, of course. Yeah, and that, we're going to get into that. Yeah, but. <laughs> that is like, um, I am now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure we don't like petrify people. <laughs> Thanks for being the uh, But I think it's, reason. I mean, we talked about this before we started, Jason. I mean, I think it's, a, we wanted to come on and have a real conversation, good and bad about what it's like to sharing online. So that for anyone who's interested, you know, they have an accurate depiction and they have tools to help them. Yeah, yeah. And I think you said it, really well but again before we start recording is you just want to show the realistic side of it and real and that's exactly what reality is is it's good and bad it's it's bad days and it's good days and you want to you want to highlight both of those because it's really important for us to highlight both of them i'm very it's very hard for me to share hard things um but uh i do know it's important as well because that's another thing that people get through social media is, is a connection. They get a connection to someone and they can relate to them. And when they relate to them, they can really, uh, they can really start to have form a mutually beneficial relationship. That's like lesson one of our online course, Jason. <laughs> I mean, building if you guys want me to come teach to it, it or something, you know, <laughs> next time you have a course. No, but another thing, I mean, you said we wanted to share, you know, the realities of it. And I do think another missing reality is that you can make money online. Like this is mine and Tara's job. Tara was an environmental scientist and she left that career. I was a pharmacist like you and I left that career. And I think that's something that people are also missing. They're like, oh, that's that fun little thing you do. And you're like, no, this is actually like, you know, putting food on my family, you know, feeding, making a, a difference within our household and, you know, also our industry. And so I think that's another thing that we're really passionate about with the course is like, this can, this can absolutely just be sharing for the industry and advocacy work and, and you know, whatever that looks like on a, on a much simpler level. But if you were wanted to turn this into a business, um, and I think that's where Tara and I really had like no help and no assistance, um, and where we really wanted to provide, you know, what, what we have learned is like the people who really want to monetize this and turn this into yeah. I remember the first time I asked for compensation and I got told, but you're a farmer. Don't you want to share about farming? Like, don't you want to better the industry? And I was like, well, yes, but this is taking extra time away from my family, my job, my other hobbies, activities. Um, so I'd like to be compensated. And so it was like, I think Natalie said like the wild west out there at first that people thought it was crazy to even ask for compensation for sharing online. And it, you know, you're talking, I talked, talking about some major huge brands that I remember them telling me like, no, don't you just want to share about our brand for fun? And it was like, no, like you're going to make a profit off of this too. And you're going to get exposure. And so it was really like, there was a lot of groundwork that got laid there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's so many people that are thankful for those early conversations like that, because I mean, there again, I mean, if, if it wasn't for somebody having those early conversations, who knows where we'd be today in asking for compensation. And now, like, I mean, that's a whole industry of, it, it, there's been a whole thing made out of, of making money, promoting products, using social media. I mean, it's, it, it just, I, it hasn't been in that long ago when it wasn't. So it's hard for me to even kind of wrap my mind around um, because it's so normal now. So, but I mean, obviously it, it, hasn't been very long since it wasn't. And I do think actually, cause good old agriculture, we're always just like a little, we're working on it. We're catching it. We're starting to move a little bit quicker, but we all always are just one, you know, step behind. I honestly, 
specifically think agriculture, um, as far as like influencing and using influencers and online marketing, we haven't even breached like agriculture at first 2022 has kind of just dipped their toes in. I feel like 23 and 24 is when they're really going to start utilizing, you know, online, you know, people to help market, um, and tell the stories of agriculture. Cause I feel like, I feel like it's and just, I think one of the exciting recently that are looking for micro influencers, like those mm. smaller accounts that are very niche down, have such a tight knit community. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think 2023 and 2024 are going to be really exciting in the social sharing space, as far as ag is concerned. That, that brings up a really good point because, you know, there are lots of ag accounts out there that have, you know, 20, 30, 40, 100,000 followers. But there's also a lot of them that have 2,000, 3,000, 5,000. You know what I mean? And and I think it's, and I fall into kind of the latter there. Um, and I think it's sometimes really hard because it, I really see a lot of times people kind of want to compare themselves like, oh, I I feel like I'm doing good, but man, I'm not doing good as as this person that has 50,000 followers. But I think it's really important for us to realize that even though we may not all have the same reach, we can still have that same impact to a to whatever our group of people is. Yeah, we actually talk about this a lot on the course. About how numbers don't necessarily correlate to, you know, compensation or work anymore. I feel like maybe an old Instagram brands or whatever, you know, your end goal for follower count was, it did matter more. But I definitely do think it's more an even playing game between, you know, micro and macro influencers um, when it comes to monetize, monetizing online. Yeah. And so many brands have just like a wide variety of uh, budgets, you know, that they need, they would rather spend their money on a couple different like micro influencers than one larger influencer. Um, so yeah, I think there's, there's a ton of opportunity, which should excite people. Um, if you're like getting into this, you know, social sharing space that there it's, we're not like tapped out. Like there's still a lot of opportunity for growth. No. And I also think the other interesting thing about agriculture is we are like no two farms and ranches are the same. Um, so some brands may be looking for you that process a certain type of hay or that use a certain type of tractor that like maybe the, the biggest influencers, they don't even run that brand or they don't, you know, grow that crop on their, um, farm. And so I do think that like, there's just so much opportunity again, because of what maybe brands are looking for in agriculture, that maybe the perfect fit actually is a smaller account because, you know, they're the only one that, you know, does X, Y, and Z that the brand is actually looking for. Yeah. And that's really interesting because, um, shoot, I had a thought and it lost. I... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. It actually happened it. to me recently where they were like talking about cover crops. And I was like, Oh, great. We're perfect. Cause we actually do that. But I was like, they're taking a big chance that our farm and ranch, you know, that doesn't do that where I could, you know, maybe pass along, which again, going back to our Facebook community is such a great um, resource. And, and we kind of, I was going to add this earlier, but one thing, cause you talked about, um, or maybe it was Taro talked about pricing, but I do feel like some people are gatekeepers and there actually hasn't been a lot of transparency around like, well, how much do I ask for, for my first speaking gig or what do you tell a brand, you know, how much to ask? And Tara and I are very transparent about that in our course, but also that's been the beautiful thing about our Facebook community is that people are asking each other, like we're finding out another account that's their size, you know, that has their same maybe engagement. And they're like, what are you charging? And no one's gatekeeping. There's more transparency. And that, the, that needs to happen because I think you said this earlier, but the more everyone knows, 
you know, the more we're on the same page for everyone who's sharing online, like the rising tide is going to lift all the ships. And if you know, someone is asking for X amount and it's, you know, a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or whatever more than you were, the more people that start demanding that from the brand, the more the brands are going to be like, okay, this is what people pay people who. Yeah. And that's how capitalism works. You know, I mean, that's, that's what we're trying to do. I mean, we want to, and we want to, although, I mean, there's still a community, there's still, there's still certain bars that we want to, that we want to set and certain standards that we want to uphold. And, um, and yeah, that's really important. And that's probably one of the most challenging things I've found is like, how much do you ask? Like, that was really hard to go into that first speaking gig that they asked me about and they, and tell them what I needed, how I needed compensation. Um, because I want it, because there's, there's, it's a two sided thing here in that you want to, you want to ask for enough to be compensated for your time, you know, as well as possible, but you also don't want to miss out on an opportunity because you priced yourself out of the water. Um, you know, so there's, there's a middle ground there that you have to find. And, um, there it's, uh, John Acuff tells a story in his book quitter, where he talks about how, if he would have charged a certain amount for his first speaking gig with Dave Ramsey, he wouldn't have got, he wouldn't have ever got a job at Dave Ramsey. So, I mean, it's, again, you should be able, you should, you've got, you've got to weigh things. And I think that's, uh, I think it's a really important uh, part of the compensation conversation. Yeah. Yeah. We actually talk about that. Um, because again, one of the biggest questions Tara and I get asked is like how much to charge for this. And people really want us to give them the flat rate and be like, Oh, here, here's your like formula sheet. Um, and you just look it up and here it is, but there's so much nuance to pricing yourself. Like you said, um, you know, what's the exposure, um, who are you going to get in front of? Um, do you want to work with this brand again? Do you want to have be on that stage again? Is there something else that could benefit? Like there's all these things you actually have to think, you know, think of when you're pricing yourself. Um, and so that's what we really try and teach in the course is like understanding, you know, don't underprice yourself, don't overprice yourself and think of all these things, um, so that people can go forward and do it themselves instead of just like, you know, here's a rate. And then, you're taking out, you know, I guess like the thinking. Yeah. I think like one of the reasons for the course was how many DMS we get about this. And I remember my DMS back to them would be like four audio messages, like one minute long each. And I'd be like, well, consider this, like, don't forget to consider this. And it was like this in conversations like that, where really what drove us to like do a course that like our speaking um, engagement, like module is, you know, 45 minutes long, like where we actually, so if you're serious about speaking, we get into the nuances of like what you should consider, how you go about doing that and like all of that. And then brand partnerships, the same. And so that way it really gave us a chance to give a lot more explanation on what our thought process is behind how we end up pricing ourselves and what we've learned along the way. And I do think one thing I want to clarify, um, maybe for anyone listening is we actually have two paths. So if you're like, Whoa, I don't even like, can't even think about monetizing online. I really just, you know, want to figure out what I should be typing in my caption and how I make a reel or what a reel is. Um, our path one is for very beginning people. So it's like really to help you get a presence online. And which I think is important when Tara and I go to conferences, 
Um, I almost say like my social media is like my new business card, you know, like people are looking up accounts. I feel like it's one of the first things they go to anymore is your social media to see if you have a presence to see, you know, like it really, truly, I do feel like is like a business card now. Um, and so if you're just like, I just kind of need to get our ancient farm online. We just need to have a social footprint. I'm not really interested in, you know, maybe you're in the seed stock operation and you have a lot of young guys that are on Instagram and you kind of just want to have that presence, but you're not really interested in working with brands or speaking. That is like what path one is designed for. It is designed to get you online to have a social presence. Whereas path two, you know, teaches you all the nuances of turning it into a business. Well, that's, I mean, that's very cool because yeah, I mean, there are people that are on different parts of their path and it's, uh, I think it's incredible that you have, you know, kind of, um, it broken down into two different sizes, I guess. I mean, I don't know if there's another way to put it, but, um, that's, uh, that's, I think that's really great because there's, there's somebody who just has no idea how to start. Well, they, they need a different set of tools than somebody who has already started and wants to take it to the next level. Yeah, definitely. And that's really the difference between those two. If you are like on the fence, path two has everything that's in path one. Path two just takes to the next level. And one of the things too, like going back to community is we actually reached out to a ton of our community and have a lot of uh, guest interviews. So we are not experts in like TikTok or Pinterest or a number of different other things. And so we brought on um, people within our community that are experts in these things. Uh, Natalie mentioned like Sandy Brock teaches about YouTube. Um, Zach Millennial Farmer is also on there about YouTube. Iowa Dairy Farmer shares about TikTok and Facebook. Like all of these people offer their expertise as well to really, um, you know, broaden the horizons of what the course could offer. And those are all included in path two. Very cool. So something that you guys mentioned before, uh, before we started recording is, you know, I think a lot of people understand like the effects of like the activists and a lot of the stuff like kind of on the surface, but there's another side of it too, that is affecting the people who you're close to on this and, you know, how to have that conversation about, you know, what, what do you do? And um, understand that like, yeah, you're sharing things on, on your social media, but yes, it is also a business too. So like, uh, that's a, because it's, it's funny because they don't, you say that and immediately popped to my mind was my mom. Who's like, she started talking about her preacher who was talking about how they listen, her preacher listens to all my podcasts and all this and that. And she got to start talking about like, man, I don't remember talking about that on my podcast. What I realized is her mom, uh, she was talking about that. Her preacher read my Facebook posts. So <laughs> two different things, you know, but I mean, to her, it probably doesn't, nobody really can uh, differentiate the two. So uh, I think it's uh, that that side of the conversation may be, in fact, even more valuable as how to mitigate the activist. Yeah, it's funny you bring this up because uh, one of the offerings uh, with the, the Facebook community is actually three coaching calls with Tara and I, because obviously the online course is like video recordings of Tara and I, so you don't get to like ask any questions. I mean, we have like a workbook that goes with it. And I pride myself. I feel like we, so, you know, created a a pretty great course, but you know, that's a, you know, a con to a course is that it's, you don't get that one-on-one feeling. And so that was why we created these, um, 
coaching calls that you can take. Um, and undoubtedly in every single coaching call, we get someone who asks about like how to deal with family, you know, if you're sharing online or community that's maybe watching and observing. And, you know, a lot of us live in rural, small communities. You know, I have 2000 people in the community I live in. I guarantee you a lot of them are watching my stories and I have, you know, a teenager that I have to think about. And so there's all these things about, yeah, you're the face of the page, but what you share and talk about does ripple out. And so we always, I mean, that is something we cover in every single coaching call and, and give advice about, you know, how to, how to tackle that. And, and even as something as little as like, what do I name my Instagram handle? You know, we have conversations and we actually talk about this in the course, but it's like, do you want to put your ranch name on there? Because do you want to represent your ranch or do you want to make it your name where you're just, maybe it's your voice. And so we help bring up these things that maybe people wouldn't have thought of until they got a little further down the road and then been like, oh shoot, I wish I, I wish I that. Yeah. I know for me, like I, yeah, I'm a part of a really like big family operation. There's a lot of people involved. And so like, yeah, I wanted to represent just me and, um, you know, my husband, like he always, I feel like for whatever reason, my husband gets the brunt of our in real life, like jokes about me sharing on Instagram, like, you know, his friends would go, is this for the gram? And, you know, and so we definitely talk about that a lot. Like how, how does my husband deal with that? Even though he's not the face of the page, he doesn't share a ton on my Instagram. He has to think about like what his responses are. And I mean, most of the time it's all in good fun. It's not like anyone's really being mean, but sometimes it can kind of wear on you. And so it's good to have kind of like responses or thinking about how you want to react to things and react to people when they kind of approach you about your social pages. Yeah. Again, it seems so silly, but it truly is just things you don't understand until you're actually sharing online. Um, and I think that's what Tara and I are most proud of is like this community we've built to help people go through, you know, sharing online again, the pros, like I just made $5,000 from a speaking gig. Um, thanks for helping me price that or the cons like, shoot, you know, this happened, who has advice on how to handle this or where did you get your shipping? I mean, there's, it's the nuances of the things that are discussed is, um, you know, vast, but, um, I'm just really proud that we've built somewhere for people to go for that. Yeah, it's incredible. And there's another kind of side to it too. You know, you talk about husband, um, Natalie, you mentioned about having once your kids get older too, and their friends start, that's one that I'm like, that I didn't anticipate is, well, first of all, when I started this, I don't think my son was even in high school, but now he's a senior in high school. And, and then his, and now his girlfriend and his, all of his friends are like watching stories and talking about things that they saw online. And it's just, it's a, it's, it's a very surreal thing, um, to, to kind of have to, uh, sift through as a, as a parent too. It's just, it's, it's really, it's uh, surreal is the only way I can say it. Yeah. And what's interesting is, um, we can't turn to our parents for guidance, right. Which is like one of the things we're used to is like, how did you handle this? What did you do? And it's like, I I feel that, and you probably relate to this, like parenting kids with, you know, social media and phones and stuff. Um, but it's the same thing for sharing online. I can't ask, you know, my mom, how she protected us, you know, from when she was sharing us, you know, she didn't. And so, yeah, I get, I mean, target, we get asked that a lot about the littles because I think people immediately go to like, how do you share your kids online and you know, what are your boundaries or how do you feel about that? And we have conversations around that. But you know, one thing I always bring up that people don't talk about is like, and on this spectrum, when you have an old kid, here's what I take into consideration. And here's what I think about. And that's, you know, why you don't see my older son online in this or why I don't talk about that. You know, it's just, again, having that conversation, that resource for people to go through. 
I also think one thing that doesn't get talked about is it feels like we're sharing our entire lives on social media, but I know, I know this is how Natalie goes. And I don't know about you, Jason, but I don't actually put my entire life. Like it, you feel like you're with us our whole day and we share little tidbits, but there's so much that we choose to keep for ourselves that we don't share. And I think that's a really important boundary that you have to figure out as you're sharing what works for you. Um, but that it may seem like everything is out there, but when you really look at it, it's, just tiny little tidbits. Um, and that I feel like gives me a ton of peace of mind of knowing like what I choose and sticking to like kind of my pillars. We talk about pillars of content. Like these are the five things I share about. If it falls outside of these five things, I'll weigh the pros and cons of sharing it. And I probably will vote not to share it. And, and so that can be really, Sorry, like, I'm so glad you brought that up health. because that is one thing we heavily teach in the course, um, is like the idea that sharing your life online means everything about you is online because that is apps. I just, I just don't think there's one person that really truly is sharing everything. And I don't think we're required to, and I don't think everyone would want to see it. And it's almost impossible to <laughs> share everything about you online anyway, because we're so, you know, multifaceted people. Um, but yeah, a lot of people think that sharing online means that you have no privacy and that's just not true. And we actually share, you know, our, I don't know if you'd call it a strategy, but what we use to help us choose what we want to share online. And you kind of build, I guess it is a little bit of a strategy and like a plan around that so that you feel like, you know, what you're going to, you're, you, you're going to the app, you're opening it up and you have intent and strategy, um, behind what you're sharing. And it serves a greater purpose in either your ag story or, you know, your business. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. What's funny is people have said, you know, about sharing your entire life online and, but those same people would never know I'm a pharmacist because it's not something I talk a ton about, um, just for, because out of, I mean, that's like you say, you got to put your boundaries up. There's certain boundaries that you have. And that's a huge boundary for me is because, uh, I want to, I'm very protective and secretive about my job just because, um, I think Natalie, you can understand that. Um, but there are things I'm not too, because I, again, as far as, you know, one of the things that I think that challenges farmers and ranchers is the lack of transparency or perceived lack of transparency. And I, uh, I try to be really open about the things that we do here and the things that I'm the, some of the things I struggle with and some of the things that I feel like I do well. And I mean, it's a, there's, again, you have to kind of, uh, have that conversation with yourself about what is what is important enough for other people to know and what's important enough for you to keep it close to the vest. That's so funny you say that because I swear I could tell my community right now that I'm a pharmacist and like 80% of them would be like, wait, what? <laughs> I have <laughs> no idea. And there's a long laundry list behind that of things that you know, it's just not important or I'm not, not important. That sounds wrong. It's not important to what we're sharing online. Sure. You know, the work I'm doing online, you know, me being a pharmacist doesn't relate to that. Um, and there's an so many, like I said, there's so many examples of me as a person and for everyone else sharing online, um, uh, things you don't have to share to still reach your goal. Yeah, I agree. I think that there is, I think there's two big misconceptions about sharing online. One is that you have to share everything and one that you have to share constantly, um, that it's like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I will tell you doing those two things will lead to one thing burnout. Like you will be sober mm -hmm. out at the end of sharing. 
And so I always just challenge people to keep what you want, like set your boundaries about what you're going to share and set boundaries about when you're going to share. Like, is that I'm not sharing like after dinner time with my family, when my kids are home, is that I'm going to always take Sundays off. Like, what are those boundaries of when you're going to share? Um, and that has helped me. Like I have actually this summer done been really intentional about taking Saturday and Sunday off, which is super rare for me. I did not do that before this summer. I rarely took any days off and it's just been good for me to be able to put down my phone then when my kids are home and then be able to be more intentional throughout the week of when I'm picking up my phone and really capturing things. Um, and that obviously looks different for everyone. I know like Natalie always talks, you share quite a bit on the weekend because you're creating content that just makes sense for you to capture. Um, and then are taking other days off. Like you can be consistent in sharing and still take breaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we talk about in the course, how like uh, commitment is essentially like, you know, going to be a driving f- factor of like your success in the on- online space. Um, but how people mistake commitment for like, con- like, I don't know, continuing or like constants. Um, and that's not true. And we talk about how, like, kind of what Tara said that you like consistency is different things. You get to set what those look like. Um, it just matters that you're showing up in a consistent way that your community is used to. So maybe that's a once weekly YouTube video. Maybe that's every two days for a YouTube video. I mean, you get to, you know, train your community in that. And we kind of, you know, breach that misconception and have a really good conversation about how you don't have to like, you know, be a slave to the phone. Well, ladies, this has been an incredible conversation and I, I really appreciate you guys reaching out to me and wanting to be on the podcast. I'm a huge fan of everything you do. Um, and again, appreciate you being here. Is there anything that we left on the table that we didn't talk about that you guys want to make sure gets out with this podcast? Well, I'll just say, I think that if you have more questions, we're happy as Natalie and I said, we're happy to answer questions. We always try to be as transparent and open with people as possible. So you can find me at, at Tara Vanerdusen and you can find Natalie at Natalie Kovoric. And then our page together is at elevate ag underscore. Yeah. And I think for everyone listening, you'll probably really enjoy podcasts. And if you did have questions or you wanted to like, kind of dip your toes into this, um, our podcast would actually probably be you know, great space for you. Cause maybe Instagram isn't your thing, or you don't want to hop over there and follow us to get that information. Um, but on October 10th, we'll actually have a podcast that goes over our course. And so maybe that would be a good thing for you to listen to where you're like, Hmm, like this is interesting. Or I've been thinking about this, but just not sure. Um, we, again, we don't want anyone to purchase our course that isn't a hundred percent committed to it. And like, have all their questions answered and feels really comfortable about it. So we like share everything we possibly could think you would ask about our course in that October 10th podcast. Like we go over modules that are in it and lessons. And we just, we really lay it out there because again, it it's really important to us that we're building a community of people who are, you know, believe in what we believe in. And so we don't, we don't try and hold anything back. So since you're in the podcasting space, our elevate, you know, our elevate podcast would probably be good. Cool. Cool. Well, great. Well, I'll link all that stuff in the notes when this comes out. It'll probably come out soon after October 10th. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be really good timing on this. Yeah. Thanks so much, Jason. We really appreciate you having this conversation with us. Um, hopefully your community enjoyed it too. Yeah. yeah thank you for having us. 
Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.